Hey everybody, welcome to the first recap of uh, Barely D&D, going over our first major story arc. This is going to cover in the important information between episodes 1 and 16, and we're doing this to hopefully save you 26 plus hours of your time. <laughs> also, uh, this lets you skip ahead to where closer to where we currently are in the story, and also lets you skip the learning process of us trying to figure out how to make a podcast. There's a lot <laughs> changed between episode 1 and episode 16 in regards to quality. So I'm joined here by Zachary. Her. And uh, we are excited to jump right in. That's how I've always spoken. That's he, my that, real voice. That's the, the voice he's using now is something he has to try to do. <laughs> it's it, painful. Yes. So with that information <laughs> aside, welcome to Barely D&D. I assume you're just now jumping in. So thank you for joining us. And let's get on with the story recap. So this the party gets to their first major city, Port Resplendison. And um, when you get there, uh, you guys immediately find lodging. Um, not before you make some racially insensitive con uh, comments, specifically Abby. Just a bunch of fish people. She basically found every fish person she could find and was like, are you a Kuatoa? Are you a Kuatoa? And a lot of um, that is because this is our first time playing D&D &D yeah, ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very understandable. But um, uh, you guys went and found a place to stay. And then um, not long after, you just went and hit the town. Yeah, we went straight for the magical part of the city. And this city is massive, huge, mm -hmm. crazy big. New York's like, I wish I could be you someday. Um, <laughs> and we went straight for the crazy magical part. There were like 30 shops that we could go visit and we chose a tattoo parlor where we got matching tattoos mm -hmm. and also the scariest possible shop that we could have chosen. <laughs> you could have chosen all of them and you chose the one with the monkey skeleton That's and right. no sign on it and it was squeezed into an alley of two other buildings. We went there uh -huh. and the shopkeep inside, who definitely was not a hag, um, <laughs> did not want gold, but she wanted personal belongings of ours in mm -hmm. exchange for powerful magic items. And each of us evaluated the circumstance and decided it would be a great idea. <laughs> and so Boz, uh, who is a half-dryad druid, uh, traded part of his hair uh, for a still-beating heart in a jar. Uh, Craig, As one does. Yes, completely normal. Craig traded a page of his diary for three rings that allow him to cast Scorching Ray. Which will never come back and bite him in the butt. There's no way that can go wrong. <laughs> and Greta traded a half-eaten fish sandwich for a red dragon scale. And I love our campaign. Yes, for a red dragon scale and information for an item that the party was trying to locate. And later that uh, dragon scale got turned into a shield. Yeah, she we, still has. We later... Which is magical and no one has identified. No one has tried to. No one knows yeah. what it does. I'm putting that on my to-do list. Um... <laughs> So from there, we left, got accosted by a monster part owner for that mm -hmm. still beating heart in a jar and uh, went back to our tavern that we were staying at to try to get some rest before heading back out. Mm -hmm. All this is happening on the same day. We were very efficient. In, you guys are, uh, you pack a lot in. Using sure. the hours. You basically, it's very clear that you guys haven't played a lot because you were like, I, I kept being like, we can move forward. And you're like, I... I don't know what a long rest is. Let's just keep going. We're, we're good. Um, You're good. Let's go. And so <laughs> I gave you an open world and you guys said yes, which is the, always the best answer. So we go back to our hotel room, our hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, close enough. It was yeah. kind of sort of. Um, and there was a magic item that we had previously acquired, which is a, a glass orb with this pulsing black, which we still just call the orb. We call it the orb. It's a pulsing black liquid inside um, that has a consciousness that resides in it mm -hmm. that we have named old. old and Boz took this orb secretly from the party because you guys had agreed that like uh, you weren't like nobody was going to talk we to were it. all agreed that we were scared of it it was creepy and we weren't going to trust it but Boz took it and hid in the bathroom mm -hmm. and talked to it without the party knowing good things don't happen while hiding in bathrooms hey that is that is a lie great, uh, great things happen <laughs> <in bathrooms. laughs> really i don't know 
<laughs> and so from then on out, on the same day, we took a quick short rest and uh, went out to find the lost item that we were looking for. Um, so quite literally raced down the dock and uh, <laughs> located a few old friends that we had met on the larger vessel that we yeah, had taken because to the port. Before you had left, uh, you made a deal with Shpagoober, the first mate of the ship um, that you guys sailed into. Uh, that you guys sailed into the city on, uh, to, that you would later let him ferry you around for your adventures. And uh, it was just a, what do you know, coincidence that the item you were looking for was on the same ship. It was um, stolen by the same goblin who stole all of our stuff originally, <laughs> who was trying desperately to avoid us. Yes, just trying to get away from you. And somehow wound up right back next to us. Mm -hmm. So after meeting the crew and getting the missing item back, the party headed right back into the city, delivered the item to his rightful owner, and shopped around uh, for the rest of the day. Eventually retiring back to the tavern that they called home temporarily. Um, it was getting to be later in the day and the party decided to retire for the evening. Greta went to sleep, but Boz and Craig were both determined to somehow get time in the bathroom for nebulous <laughs> actions. This, this keeps happening. <laughs> the bathroom of, of secrets. And so... <laughs> and it's just a way crappier version of the chamber. The chamber of secrets! <laughs> and the bathroom is the chamber of... That's, that's a better title for the episode. I'll go rename it. Um, Please don't. <laughs> so basically when you guys got back, uh, you, um, eventually, uh, you go to the bathroom first and you summon old again. Everyone's just kept breaking that rule. Yeah. That and you fell were apart like, very quickly. And you were like, old, what's this heart in a jar? Um, and then he was like, well, I don't, I don't want to tell you all questions that you have, but basically it is someone in the world's beating heart, um, because they're not fully dead, but also not fully alive. And you were like, crazy. And then you left and then Craig goes to the bathroom and you were like, I guess I have to go to bed at some point. Um, and, uh, Craig summons old because he was getting jelly of everybody else being able to have powers and do things. I was trying very hard to be secret about summoning him, but everybody knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, you kept disappearing into the bathroom and being like, I'm a genius. And <laughs> the chamber of secrets. <laughs> and the other players are like, he's going in there to do something. Um, and, uh, uh, when Craig summoned him, he was basically like, Hey, strange consciousness of inky blackness and a glass orb. I want powers. And old was like, okay, will you do something for me? And Craig was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then he bound himself to the, to, to go fill the orb with power in a foreign land. Uh, no other understanding of what that meant. And then basically Craig just goes on an insane like trip. Like he, like he fell over unconscious and, um, Oh no, he was in the main room because you guys heard him fall over and then you rushed out of the bathroom. Um, and, uh, uh, he basically like when he wakes back up, he like doesn't have breath and you guys got in a big fight about all of that. We got in a big fight about old and trusting each other. And there's just a moment of where we question who we are as a party and how much we can, um, just trust each other in the current moment. Uh, so the next morning, the party wakes up, still unsure of each other, but determined to shop a little bit more, uh, heads <laughs> towards the nearest bookstore and purchases guides on the local language so they can learn how to speak mm -hmm. it, a romance novel, <laughs> and nothing important. There was so nothing much else. there. Even though the DM said, do you not want to look at any other books? And the party went, nope. And I was like, you sure? And you guys are like, mm-hmm. So, and then once you guys get out of the bookstore, where you definitely shouldn't have bought anything else... Um, uh, you guys were walking through the city and that morning Greta had met a couple uh, shady people in the same inn that you guys were staying in from a criminal organization called the Brass Company, huge one in the north. And you guys are just openly talking about it in the street. 
And as you guys are having that conversation in the street, Boz clocks that there's a lady walking by who like has a reaction to it. And you guys have been vaguely hearing about this organization called La Pomove in the city, who is also part of the nation's government, another huge criminal organization. And uh, you see that Lots she has of a, criminal organizations. a lot of them. And you're like, um, so she has a mark on her. So you're like, I'm going to go yell at her and run and talk to her and get her attention. Um, she whips out a sword and you're like, oh, crap. And then like, bada bing, bada boom. The party has been taken forcibly to this huge government criminal organization building. And Craig gets branded and all of a sudden you guys are being forced on pain of your lives to go um, to owe a favor to this organization in the form of uh, going and finding uh, a general, a Kefkin general um, and locating his position. Now, because, Zachary, who are the Kefkins? <laughs> well, the Kefkins are um, this military empire who has taken over like half of the world and is invading Unsen currently. And um, you guys know about them and we're like trying to stay out of their way. And then this organization that you're indebted to basically tells you like, hey, if you want to clear your name for having created this whole problem, you can go tell us where the general who's leading an army against us currently is. So after that harrowing experience, the party leaves just being thankful that they still have their mm -hmm. lives and head to prepare for the adventure ahead. Um, they go and they buy some horses and um which is a big theme in this campaign which is horses. we have actually two gaining horse horses episodes losing horses episode. um <laughs> no, spoilers uh so we take those horses back to our tavern in the middle of a city where horses probably shouldn't be hindsight <laughs> and uh we go back inside and it's getting late in the day so we decided to retire um uh, completely from adventuring and uh we have a lot of nest day <laughs> i'm just kidding so we go to sleep i mean you got branded you got indebted it was a long day we go back to our tavern and uh, we start to get ready for the evening and everybody else is asleep, but before Boz joins his his comrades, he he, in fear of losing all of his items again, like he did on the ship. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> he goes. To Sorry, lock, I scarred you. I am. <laughs> he, he goes to lock the door, and instead enters a vision. Yeah, but disappears from the room. Mm, you turn around, and there's just like a dark figure in the room with glowing green eyes. And when you try to figure out what's going on, the colors melt, and you're just gone. I'm, I'm just gone. So on the next day, um, after. Boz has disappeared into a nightmare. Um, Craig and Greta wake up and you're not there. And they go, wow, that's crazy. Anyway, um, and they have breakfast. Literally, <laughs> I was sitting there not speaking during <laughs> half the session wondering, are they going to try and find <laughs> Am me? Am I in this episode? Am I in this episode? <laughs> um, and uh, so they, they do eventually figure out that they should try and find you, but they also notice their horses are stolen. So when they get back to the ship to Obviously talk to Obviously the bigger priority. <laughs> get back to the ship to find Spagoober. They, they recruit Nam's help because she's like, you know, rogue and criminally. And um, when they're trying to figure out what they should look for, they're like, well, Boz could just be out and about. So let's look for the horses. So um, they spend a lot of time doing that with Nam. And in the course of all of that, um, they keep having friction with Nam because Nam doesn't like you guys for the most part and um when they get in an argument with her about it she basically says um uh like they they're basically like hey you stole from us we spared your life why are you a jerk and then she she basically gave you guys the first time you really understood that like the world is complicated and nom's life has been really hard because she's a goblin and people hate her for no reason and have forced her under these circumstances and it was basically the first time that the party was understanding that like you guys aren't just automatically the protagonists all the time. And and that relationship with Nam began to develop there. So while that's happening, Boz is, I don't know exactly where he is. I, I haven't actually found out, but he was somewhere else. He was having these very intense series of visions. Boz first appears in a field in his home island. And he sees his sister in the distance. And he also notices a very large storm with red lightning quickly approaching her. Um, an unnatural storm that covers the landscape. 
And um, he starts running towards her, trying to get her attention and yelling for her to be safe and to run. And he doesn't get there in time. He even tries to wild shape and it doesn't work. And, and as a storm overtakes him, he appears in this uh, dark lake and um, climbs into an outcropping of rocks to find a giant version of his bee asking him who he is. And as he answers, I don't know, I'm not sure, he's pushed in back into the lake and he appears in a cave system that he was in during one of the unrecorded episodes that's mentioned in episode zero where they fought the sea hag. And as he looks around, he's constantly struggling with the question, who are you? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know. It keeps coming at you it in keep, this incorporeal voice. And he, eventually the cave collapses in on him. Um, and, and these visions keep bleeding into each other, just one after another. And um, you, uh, the, the next place you showed up, like the final chain in these visions that you're like happening while the party's searching for you, um, you're back in Zedge in the field where you met the Archfey, Yelik Tananth, who's famous in your land as being this like mad, wild, powerful being. And um, he's the individual that you first got your druidic powers from. And uh, you find out that he's been the person, he's the person you saw in the dark shadows of the room. And he's the person who through all these visions has been asking you, who are you? And there's this crazy wooden staff with a giant gem on the top. And he's basically, he asks you one more time, who are you? And I answer, I guess we'll find out. And with that answer, he grant he gives me a very powerful magical <laughs> very staff powerful. with a glowing green emerald at the top that uh, does some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And I reappear back in my room in the tavern. And, that, and that's about time that, that Greta and Craig basically like break off with Nom, send her back to the ship, and they're like, um, well, I guess we'll find Boz. And then boom, there's Boz, and everybody's excited about it. <laughs> and uh, yep, glad that I showed back up because I <laughs> wasn't actually taken by anybody because I don't think I ever would have made it back. So we decide to go and update the crew of our ship to let them know that it's going to be a little bit longer until we can make into make way into the sea since we have to go locate this foreign general. So we go and we update them. And then we also remember that we had this interview with the Golden Anvil. A lot of the campaign is the party just going, oh yeah, we have to do that other thing yes. too. So we head over there. Um, we meet one of the best NPCs in the entire game, Spagavaris. <laughs> and um, Essential to the recap. Very essential. Don't forget his name. <laughs> and um, we meet with the Golden Anvil, and uh, we are joined um, by another individual named Tello, who is attached to the company uh, to another business partner of theirs mm-hmm. who is interested in seeing an item carried by us to another corner of the world. And he is going to join us to make sure that no funny business happens. Mm-hmm. And he's really cool. His name is Tello. And from here on out, he is going to be a part of the party. So we we are upfront and honest with them about our current job of locating the Kefkin General, and surprisingly, they don't seem too alarmed, other than just a little surprised and uh, doubtful of us <laughs> to be able to see this item carried. Oh, because he meets you guys, and then five minutes later, Greta's crawling around in the street. And, oh yeah. yeah, that's Greta for you. <laughs> um, so uh, at this point, our horses are stolen. We don't have them back, and so we have to go buy another round of horses. <laughs> and so after a great shopping episode of meeting a man named Big Bill and who's definitely not Doug Dimadone, owner of the Dimsdale Dimadome. I love that you put him in this podcast. <laughs> we get our new set, sets of horses and ride off into the uh into the sunset. Into the sunset uh trying to uh, locate this 
Kevkin General. So you guys ride off then to go complete this harrowing task. And as you guys are headed out, um, like as it's actually getting to sunset, um, Craig decides you guys are like bedding down and Craig's like, well, we need a wildfire, right? Or excuse me, a campfire. Um, and <laughs> I've just spent five minutes being like big field, dry grass. And uh, everyone in the party is like, I don't know about using those new rings of yours, Craig. And Craig's like, pew, pew. And then uh, boom, wildfire. And um, it was honestly, I think, the first like really, really serious moment in the campaign. And during this time, to put it in perspective, the Kefkin army has started to invade this nation. Yeah. And so there are refugees coming in and we're mm -hmm. seeing kind of the results of war and um, conquest. And and in the wake of all this destruction, uh, on the, literally the only road these people have the to get to safety, one. we start a wildfire. <laughs> And so the cleric and the druid fly into action. Well, really just the cleric. I mean, uh, you dry, you write, so Craig and Tello and everybody's basically like, we got to get out of here. And uh, Greta was like, no, we have to fix this. So she does the coolest casting of create or destroy water ever. And um, she like barely makes some checks and you guys manage to put out the wildfire. And it really puts, it really changes the tone of the episode. And, it really uh, does. Uh, and Craig kind of reevaluates himself for the first time. That was the 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 moment where Craig's trajectories changed and he realized that his that's a getting into barely uh bi-weekly breakdown territory. Mm -hmm. Which if you like deep dives, go check out go our on Patreon. The Patreon. We have deep dives on every single episode there after a certain point. I don't know which which episode it was, but <laughs> uh so we we uh, I think it starts with 12 and 13. We make sure yeah I think it does. Yeah we, we make sure that um there's the fire no more down. fire and we leave that area very quickly <laughs> and and uh, find rest with a group of... Uh, of those refugees. Of refugees. Yeah, and, by a river. Um, and uh, go to sleep for the night. Tello and Greta have a moment looking at the stars and pondering the vastness of existence. And, and Craig uh, does some self-reflection with he his He starts diary. to journal, yeah. which is great. Uh, and a so running trend. We try to get some, some rest. We wake up the next morning and we actually see a troop of Kefkin warriors traveling that looks so large, it looks like the shadow of a cloud. And um, I think Zachary did not plan on us trying to engage them at this point. Nope. <laughs> but he forgot about the coolest thing a druid can do, a wild shape. And, and if there's anything that marks a good DM, it's a DM who can't remember the main thing a class does. That's right. And so... I wild shape, Boz wild shapes into a fox and tries to go get a good look to see if this Kefkin general is there among the troops that are traveling. And so after a few harrowing checks, including one that literally only beat the check by one, oh, I don't know what would have happened. You were so close to, you would have died. I would have died. <laughs> uh, I locate the general who is there, make it back safely. And in the period of one day, we complete this quest <laughs> that we... That I definitely thought was going to be the next like four or five episodes of the campaign. <laughs> and we make it back. We start heading back towards the city to alert um, uh, La Pomavir uh, of, of, of where this general's heading. Um, we get back. Uh, we enter this government building. And we hear a really great uh, a bard that is performing in uh, La Cour Vert. Oh, what was that, that pronunciation was that there, Landon? I've been practicing. Excuse I've been me. Practicing. You speak Uncinian? Uh, this is a very important moment of the campaign where our really good friend, uh, Jackie Butler. Jackie Butler? Jackie Butler jumps in with <laughs> us as uh, Ro Rowena, the bard. And uh, we briefly talked to her before going back downstairs to meet with the uh, upper class of the Port, Port <laughs> the Resplendisant. And, um, and basically, uh, in 
like when you guys complete your quest for them, uh, the reward is everybody gets branded. Well, um, we volunteered because we wanted that's to, right. Yeah, to, we solidarity wanted to, with we wanted to do solidarity with solidarity with Craig because he actually had no idea what was going on when he got branded. <laughs> he was just walking along with us. He was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Just trust me, Craig." He's like, "I don't understand." I was like, "Craig, be quiet." And <laughs> Craig, shut up. There's a hot iron. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get there. We. Your debts get fulfilled and then you guys get paid. Then we get paid a, a lot, lot of, money. of money, a lot of money. Um, so we leave, we go back upstairs and we meet with, with Rowena and uh, she is a quite well-known bard, not well, and worldwide an famous, but definitely well-known. Like locally. Like yeah. locally well-known. And a really important detail, she's also a half dryad and we hadn't brought it up, uh, but in the world, they're extremely rare and she actually doesn't know what she is at this point in the story. Um, and she sees Boz, another person who looks like her for the first time in her life. And that kind of motivates her to link up with the group. So she finishes her set. We have some conversations noticing each other's similarities. And we go off trying to look for cake. Um, which <laughs> that's, that's such an accurate summary. Spoiler alert, does not happen. Um, Ugh, my bad. We go out and meet with Tello. And uh, we go and write a couple of letters and send them. That's right. That's right. Send off some, some letters to different parts of the world. Um, you get your money exchanged at the golden anvil. Uh, yeah. I'll go back uh, to the golden anvil, open up an account mm -hmm. and exchange some money. Cause it was a lot to carry on one person. Which it was sounds, 250 platinum. Uh, the, that, that description sounds so boring and then you listen to it and it's such a good episode and I don't know oh, how. It's so great. It's weird. Uh, so we do that banking episode, <laughs> just quirky D and D things. And, uh, we get to the cake shop and, even though the Kefkin general wasn't heading towards the city, um, there's still just an air of just like something, something bad is about to happen. There is a mm. foreign army that is at our doorstep and, and everybody is fleeing or leaving or hunkering down, waiting for the storm to come. And as we're making our way back to our ship, we notice some weird magic in the air and mm -hmm. uh, a Kefkin strike force as it will of, of, of just soldiers and magicians and, and wizards just appear and mm -hmm. uh, start waging uh, small, like like a like a terror strike on the city, like a terror strike and on the city. The party has been learning like little bits and pieces about the Kefkins up to this point, and uh, they meet for the first time. They thought they were going to end up with one general who had a huge army, and instead the Kefkins pull a switcheroo and send in this awful other like Navy SEAL general. Basically, he's the leader of the special forces, and he goes in to lead a terror strike against the city and maybe an assassination attempt. We don't um, know. And uh, so the party starts just trying to flee to get to the vessel they were leaving on. Boz casts a spell that writes a message in the sky warning the whole mm -hmm. city that the Kefkins are at the docks and that they should be wary of them. And um, they start heading towards their ship as fast as they can. And but no they, sooner. They don't get very far mm. but before another Kefkin general apparates into thin air in front of them. And they're trapped. They have to pass through him to get to, to safety. And at this vital point of decision, um, the party can see... Um, uh, this this deadly threat, this very high level enemy, and uh, it's very clear how how dangerous it is. And um, Greta decides definitely need to fight him, so the party does. <laughs> as you're we riding by horses, in combat in this definitely much higher powered mm -hmm. <laughs> enemy than us. Definitely meant it to just be a scary scene where you guys were like, oh no, and then ran. <laughs> nope. If you put a challenge in front of us, Zachary, we will try our best. Apparently. And uh, we get within one or two turns of characters dying. I mean, uh, I mean, death saving throws. The only yeah. reason that one of them survived, I think the only reason that, that Greta survived is because of Rowena. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to Jackie. Uh, but we and Boss does some pretty pretty dope stuff with his staff. I that staff has some pretty high level spells in it that it let lets me cast like illusory terrain or something like that. What is it yeah, called? Um uh Mirage Arcane. I cast Mirage Arcane with my staff and I make that same storm come that was in my dream mm-hmm. and appear and, and splinter the docks in illusion. And um for some reason there's a chance that it scares the captain general basically the story gets the 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 party gets these weird little tidbits of like uh, bigger story stuff that they don't really understand yet and then boss hears a weird growl at the end he's not sure what's going on um but the party escapes like by the skin of their teeth and it's only because the captain general had bigger fish to fry is mm-hmm. what it came down to and he needed to save his abilities for the path ahead and i mean it came down to rolls on whether or not he wanted to kill you a very important thing to note is at the end of it Boz uses a homebrewed spell caused familiar form and he mm. delves into the mind of the Kefkin general sees all of the other Kefkin generals and then picks the one to turn into that has a personal vendetta against yes. the one they're fighting says the perfect thing that get under his skin and then says peace and leaves. <laughs> so we're probably going to see him. So in that the guy definitely won't be a big villain. Absolutely not. So uh, we managed to get back to our ship. Everybody gets on safely and we head out from the city as fast as we can to get into the great unknown to finish the jobs that we have in front of us. And uh, that's, that's essentially where we leave off. And that first arc is the party trying to collect themselves um, after their story that had begun with so much hilarity and interesting mystery had turned into such serious circumstances and sorrow. It definitely episode 16 leaves off with a very just somber attitude. As Mm -hmm. we look at this majestic, beautiful city and, um, we can see fires and bodies and just terror and uh, just the gravity of consequences. Um, and uh, But don't worry, things, good things happen and good things come and the story changes and it goes forward. And um, it's, The party was like, maybe it'll get, maybe we'll make sense of it. And then it got way crazier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for being here and joining us. If you have any questions, just send us a message and mm-hmm. we'll be able to clear it up. Um, it's also worth noting that uh, on baileydnd.com, not just trying to plug in another resource or anything, there there are detailed summaries of every single episode. Every single episode. Um, if you wanted more details, but um, or like maybe you're even trying to plug somebody in quicker to the story, um, there's a little tab on the website called Spoiler Zone, and it has a very detailed description of every single episode. Um, so you can go there and get caught up on any little details you want to fact check. If you want to get maps of where the places that we're visiting on a continent Mm. scale or a worldwide scale you can find those on the website as well Mm -hmm. Uh, we truly want you to visualize the adventure that we're on so that you can join in on it too the website Uh, also has um, character art and stats for all of the characters Um, if you're trying to get acquainted with that as well um, you can get a pretty accurate rundown of every single character Um, they have their magic items even their role averages so welcome to barely dnd we're really glad that you're here and we can't wait to continue this journey this journey with you And uh, as you'll hear many more times, skibbity-wop-n-dada. Amen.